Welcome to Campus to Canberra, your survival guide to the wild west of student politics. My name's Matilda. Hey, this is Jamal here. And I'm Daniel. So we've got a big episode for you this week. We're going to be having a look at some of the student protests that have been going on all around Australia. We'll be setting the scene for the upcoming MSA elections, which is only four months away. And later on, we'll be speaking to Richmond Graham from the Monash Right, one of the newest political parties on the stage at Monash campus. So, Jamal, you headed down last week to have a look at the big protests. How was that? Yeah, it was quite interesting to see hundreds of students flood the CBD here in Melbourne, um, basically showing strong opposition to the government's proposed reforms to higher education. Awesome. Let's give it a listen. When they say warfare, we say welfare. You'd expect most uni students to be studying on a Wednesday afternoon. But last week on the 17th of May, many skipped class and took to the streets to protest the government's proposed higher education reforms. The National Union of Students organised a nationwide protest after the government announced it would cut funding, increase fees and lower the threshold for HECS debt repayment in universities across Australia. Students weren't the only ones to show up. Greens member for Melbourne, Adam Ban, assured his party would oppose the reforms to ensure higher education remains equitable and accessible. The Greens will stand with you in blocking this in the Senate and I feel absolutely confident that if we build from here and make sure that people around the country understand the strength of feeling about making sure Australia remains an equal country, that we will stop these cuts in their tracks as well. National Tertiary Education Union President Jeannie Ree said the reforms not only target students, but also attack the staff and capability of higher education institutions. Because what will be cut will be classes, will be academic staff, it will be general and professional staff. Our working conditions are your learning conditions. So make no mistake, this budget both cuts university funding and directly cuts the amount of teaching money going to universities. We have to make the universities, they're being critical of this, but we have to make them stand with it. They have to refuse to go along with it. They actually have to show some guts. Although it was raining on the day, hundreds of students still marched down CBD streets, disrupting traffic and voicing their anger. Yeah, I attended the first HEX protest in 1986, so there's a lot more work to be done. We're fighting for the right to have free education and free good quality education. Um, I think they are severely misguided, punitive and completely unnecessary. I think there are other ways in which revenue can be accrued. Well, I came up the street and saw the protest and totally agree with free education, so I thought I'd just join in. This definitely wasn't the first protest held by the National Union of Students, but by the end of the day, the message was clear. We're having a protest on the 31st of May at 12 o'clock at Parliament House and then we'll be marching to the Liberal Party headquarters to tell this Liberal government we won't stand for attacks. We won't stand for fee increases. We will defeat this government and we'll be back! We'll be back!
That was Jamal reporting and you're listening to Campus to Canberra. Wow, that's huge coming out of it. And you can totally understand why students are taking issue with the budget. Yeah, I mean, like, we've seen these protests been done many times before. I mean, especially since 2014, um, when they brought out the proposed deregulation of uni fees. Um, but it seems this time they're just trying to do a very similar thing, but just in a more subtle way. I don't think they're listening. I don't, I don't think Turnbull and his mob are really listening to students. I don't think they consider us a real demographic of voters. Well, I mean, when yeah, students historically never going to vote liberal anyway. So, but do we? I sometimes wonder whether the amount of student protests waters down. I think like you have these protests, which was you know an anti Pauline Hanson rally, an anti Trump rally, which really in Melbourne don't have a lot of clout. Really, it's also the same rally if you're thinking about yeah. it. You're, you're against the same thing there. But if we've used up all our you know news space and rallies on that, when we're actually rallying something that we could, you know, potentially have an impact on, like the budget, because obviously we saw in 2014, like, the backlash against the budget proposal, you know, the budget didn't end up going through, and that was a big part of it. I wonder whether we've used up our sort of our space with those rallies, which we're never really going to win. So now that there's something important, everyone's like, that's just another student protest. Now we're just babbling angry millennials. Yeah, well, you know, at the same time, I do think it's important just to show that uh, we don't accept it. Um, for those students, just, uh, you know, because it's basically about consent um, of our elected representatives. I mean, even though a lot of uh, millennials haven't voted the Liberals in, um, it makes sense to go out on the street and protest and say, no, we don't want this. For sure. I was just thinking back to 2014. The um, backlash, it feels, has been quite similar, yet this is a much more minor change to student fees than in 2014. Do you think it's been... Um, do you think the protests have been in line with the amount of changes that have happened? Because we're not seeing the $100,000 uni fees like we've always been warned about, yet it sort of feels like the backlash is the same. Or do you think do you think this is sort of still very important, still very valid to be protesting? Yeah, it's just as valid. I mean, it's a different reform, but it's basically doing the same thing. Mm. Um, and in my personal opinion, I think that the government has just tried to do it in a more subtle way. Um and they've done like a number of measures, as I mentioned before, lowering the hex threshold by a little bit, uh, increasing fees by a little bit, cutting funds by a little bit. I mean, it's not as overt as, you know, like the, oh, wow, $100 uh, degrees, but it's a lot of money. And yeah, it's the same issue. It's just wrapped up in a different way. Absolutely. Could be a bit of a frog in the slowly boiling pot with this one if we didn't protest now. I yeah. Guess. yeah, yeah. Don't realise yeah. until it's too late what we've lost. Yeah, I think what I take issue with, I think I wouldn't mind paying more for, for student, for, for university fees, if I'm being honest, if it meant that I was going to get a full-time job that I could afford to pay back in a reasonable time. Yeah. But that's just not the case. Mm. I'm probably going to be paying a lot more money than what I'm going to get out of my degree. And it really makes you think, well, is it worth me coming to university? But then... You know, pop, uh, an educated population is always a positive for a society. Yeah, but I do think there is a big risk is that, you know, we don't want to get to the point that America's getting to Absolutely. where, you know, students are genuinely having to be like, is this investment worth it? It's, an, it's a risky investment. Education should never be an investment. Yeah. it's uh, Or if it is, it should definitely be one that's 100% going to pay off. Yeah. I mean, I totally understand um, the government is saying that they need to get the cost of higher education under control. But 
We can only hope that they have a vision for higher education to match that. So going on now, Daniel has been doing some reporting, setting the stage for the MSA elections. So what's what's the uh, what's the field looking like at the moment? You know, it's pretty grim. I mean, semester one's coming to an end and semester two's about to start, which means everyone's rallying up and getting ready to go to the polls. It's pamphlet time. That's it. So why don't we have a look at what the battlefield's looking like at the moment? I think that people don't necessarily recognise how much they actually do engage with the MSA sometimes because we are very diverse in our services. So people might go to Whole Foods and not realise that it's run by the MSA. People might go to the bar and not realise that it's run by the MSA. People might go to the Full Moon Party, um, which is a part of Summerfest, and not realise that that's run by the MSA. That was Matilda Gray, President of the Monash Student Association, the Student Union of Monash Clayton. You may have never heard her name before, and you might not realise just what the MSA does. So, student politics. What is it? Who runs it? And how does it affect you? Student politics, or StuPol for short, is all about who controls your student union. Right now, as semester one comes to an end, campus political parties are gearing up for the forthcoming student elections. The three largest political parties at the Clayton campus are Go, Left Hook, and Grassroots. While these may all sound foreign and unfamiliar to you, you'll actually be quite surprised by what you may already know about these parties. Go are the largest of the three groups. They've been running the show now for about 12 years. They're a progressive, left-leaning party with members affiliated with the Labour and Greens parties. Left Hook is the running name of the Socialist Alternative, a Marxist group. You may have seen them on campus handing out flyers for rallies or lectures and they're currently running the Environmental and Social Justice Department of the MSA. And then there's Grassroots. They're a left-wing group who mostly focus on issues which directly affect students on campus. These three parties, alongside some minor parties, will be fighting for your vote in week nine of semester two for who controls the MSA. That's the Monash Student Association, our student union. With being elected comes a small salary for office bearers, private offices and workspaces, and control over the whopping $5 million budget. We had a little walk around campus earlier this week to have a chat with students about what they know about student politics at Clayton. So what do you know about student politics on campus? Um, probably not a lot. Very little. Not much at all. Nothing. Oh, not much really. I don't really know much at all about student politics other than that we have various parties, but I don't really know them or what they do. Hang on. If these political parties are controlling $5 million of student money, Surely, we the students should know who's controlling it and what they're doing with it. Reese Wiley, a member of the Grassroots Party, said the lack of transparency is actually used as a tactic by Go to keep students uninformed, making it easier for re-election. They will try and make sure people don't know anything about student politics, so then when it comes to election week, the group that wins the most is the group that has the most social connections and the group that has the most campaigners on the ground. So it's not actually a substantive campaign, it's not about issues or about you know, people knowing anything that's going on during the year. It's about keeping everything under wraps and in the dark. But wait, just because students don't know about it doesn't mean there's a lack of transparency, does it? The current MSA president, Matilda Gray, has said it's actually quite easy to see what the student union is doing. Our constitution is up online, as are our election reg regulations, as are every, um, all the minutes that we have ever ever produced from our Monash um, Student Council meetings. You can literally access them at, you know, click of a finger on 
online in terms of other things. If you if you request that we produce some kind of document, um, then we will be more than willing to do so. I'm just not sure where this idea of lack of transparency is coming from. Okay, so maybe it's students who are just not engaging with student politics. But with such a large budget made up of student money, surely there's a reason why they don't care. We headed back onto campus. Do you think there's a reason for you maybe not engaging as much with student politics? Um, kind of frustrates me a little bit. Um, and also I'm just not really interested in domestic politics in that sense. I think it's a bit confusing at the moment. Like I'm interested in politics broadly, but not at uni necessarily. And this is totally fair enough. Most students will be studying while balancing a part-time job. And those assignments just keep piling up. It's understandable that student politics may take a back, well, a very back seat in the life of a student. But so far this year, the MSA has done a lot. So semester one, we've kick-started probably one of the most important campaigns that we're running this year is our um, sexual assault campaign. I guess it's a three-pronged approach with the aim to educate and train people around um, you know, what consent is, for example. I'm working with the Monash City Council and the university around is getting a headspace developed. Um, probably up just up Blackburn Road. Um, so the state government has um, given Headspace a whole bunch of funding um, and mental health is, is an issue for young people increasingly. Um, and we're getting a Centrelink branch on campus hopefully. So we've been busy collecting data from students around the demand um, for a Centrelink branch. Um, now all that's left, we've got support from the university and we need to convince Centrelink that that's a good idea. Maybe it's time for students to get more involved and learn about what's really happening in the MSA. It's our money, our services. So let's get engaged. And speaking of MSA elections, we're joined here in the studio by Richmond Graham. Now, Richmond is the president of the newest political party on Monash, Monash Right. How are you going? I'm fantastic. How are you today? I'm very good. So can you tell us a bit about the new party? Um, yeah, okay. Well, it started when uh, I, I'm a first year and I noticed around the campus, there was a lot of, there was like posters saying that anybody on the right wing is a fascist and all this other kind of like stuff. And I was a bit offended. I'm like, well, that's certainly not like how I've come to know many people who are right wing. So I put up a poster one day saying the right wing isn't fascist. These extremist left wing groups on campus are. And then... It kind of took off after that. Someone posted on Stalker Space and then we grew to over 100 members in our first week and we're still continually growing. So what sort of is the ideological backing of your party? Okay, um, we don't take any specific ideological stance. So we come from a lot of students who are centre-left, right through to libertarians, conservatives, a wide spectrum. And we're not trying to promote one particular ideology at all. We're just trying to create a community for all students, no matter what their political background, and try to promote some more diversity of political opinions on campus. You felt like there wasn't a lot of representation. Is is the emergence of the um, Monash right anything to do with MSA leadership? Or um, Yes, definitely. So, for instance, in I think the second week of semester, uh, there was a Liberal Party meeting and the president of the Monash, uh, of the MSA and a bunch of other high official representatives, they burst into the meeting where an official MP was speaking and tried to slander their name, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought that was, of the student representatives, that wasn't okay. 
So you're hoping to run for the MSA elections? Yes, yeah. What portfolios are you running under? Um, we're starting a ticket to run for most of the portfolios from um, the president, the treasurer, the secretary, um, the social justice and environment department, uh, as many as we can. Obviously, universities are a, you know, a historically very ultra sort of left kind of breeding ground. Do you think there is enough support for the right and conservative viewpoints? Um, definitely, but we're not we're not conservative, and okay. only a very small minority of our students would say they're conservatives. And I think in 2017 there is a lot more of a backlash against what could be perceived as the extremist left and an extreme left wing push. That's what we're trying to fight against. So if we do get elected in the MSA, we're going to try to minimise um, the MSA taking any political stance, whatever. So no right wing or left wing stance. So you're saying that you don't want to take a political stance, but you're running as a political viewpoint, which very like the Monash right. So Explain that sort of dichotomy between being a very basing your party around the right side of politics, but then not wanting to be political when you get into office. Um, so we're we're pretty much the right of anybody who is extremist left, and we're just trying to create a balance between the left and right wing. So maybe we're not going to outright get rid of all political speech by the MSA. Maybe um, put forward some motions so there has to be an equal representation of both sides. Or So you're saying that you're not really right. Is that So would you count yourself more as a centrist party than really a right party? Um, yeah, but more... I can't speak for all of our members and many of our members are right wing and the majority would be, but then we've got many of our members who do say that they're left wing as well. So overall, I'd say balance out and become a centrist party, but we don't have one particular viewpoint. So Now, there's been a lot of um, talk on, on Monash Stalker Space, uh, videos of people ripping down uh, right posters. Was that part of the impetus to um, create the group? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, the The definition of bigotry is not tolerating opinions different to your own. And I feel a lot of the extremist left-wing groups on campus, and the MSA included, they don't tolerate opinions different to their own. The MSA has called security on our members for putting up posters. The MSA... Um, has told some of our members to F off just for, you know, being around. And the MSA has even sent members such as Testamos and things like stalking, not stalking, but following our members around, harassing them in a way. How so? so? They were trying to get off camp at the centre, you know, that kind of thing. And Was this when you were... What what was the group doing at that time? We were just putting up posters. What a lot of the listeners will be thinking, because obviously a lot of the signs to do with um, that people were ripping down was to do with Trump. What's the Monash right sort of view on Trump? Um, it completely differs depending on the person. Um, the reason why there was some pro-Trump posters coming from the Monash right was there was a bunch of posters put up by the MSA saying resist Trump. And we were trying to put posters up to show the other side of the argument that there are people who support Trump as well. What was the specific other side of the argument? Like, what were the posters talking about? Um, we had a bunch saying of Donald Trump's policies and showing how he's going to or had planned to increase the uh, um, decrease the unemployment problem in the United States and that kind of thing. So, what can you go into a bit more depth about what policies? Um, so, for him. Uh, wanting to start more f uh, the factories up again and some people thought a protectionist ideology can also 
create some job growth within the United States? Let's say elections happen, Monash, right, goes very well. What new policies are you going to bring into the MSA? Um, so we're still going to definitely cater for some of the departments, such as their welfare department does very well. I've got a lot of respect for that. But at the same time, we're going to try to promote more plurality on campus. Um, we're going to allow make a policy where there's equal representation of political views. Um, for instance, on MSA billboard things, there'll be both left and right wing posters. Is that equal like 50-50 or equal per capita of students? Um, I think that's a decision that we'll have to discuss once it's more further advanced. Okay. So this party seems to have quite a wide umbrella that it covers politically. Do you think that perhaps having everyone from centre-left all the way to, you know, the more conservative right-wing, does that sort of water down what the uh, what the party's actually standing for? Does it, the party have a clear um, political stance that they're going on? Well, I would say that we are right-wing in the sense of um, we're right-wing of the the extreme left or the, the left wing on campus. Uh, before you were talking about um, coming from Western Australia and being quite shocked, do you think that uh, youth politics over in Western Australia is further right or, or more centred than in Melbourne? I would say, yeah, it's definitely more centred. Um, there would be less extremist groups. So when you say extremist, what do you mean by that? Extreme, well, there's communist groups. Yeah. Can you expand a little bit more? Because obviously extremist has quite a... I, I don't mean... I, I would say extreme to a political... On the political spectrum. So an extreme left. There's been a lot of criticism of the MSA having a very opaque spending system, not being able to have transparency in what's being spent. What's the Monash Rights opinion on that? Um, okay, I've heard some of our members express concern over the fact that they're spending on trivial things, such as a shoe repair stand at mm. university... With the shoe repair stand, is that not an essential service, though, for students who can't afford to get their shoes repaired? Yeah, um, actually, I go through a new pair of shoes, like, once every three weeks. <laughs> they break down all the time. Mm. But um, some of our members do feel that uh, those kinds of things are a little bit trivial. Okay, th- yeah, thanks so much for having a chat with us here. Um, the Monash Right will keep updating you on them as we get closer to election season. Thank you so much, Richmond, for having a chat with us. You're welcome. Have a brilliant day. Alrighty, that's about it from us this week. Uh, Stay tuned next week. We've got a lot of juicy content and also an interview with PM Malcolm Turnbull. I've been Jamal, your lovely host. I'm Matilda. And I'm Daniel. And thanks so much for tuning in. Big thank you to everyone being a part of it. And a special thanks to Heather Jarvis for showing us how to use the radio room. Awesome, that's all from us this week. See you again next time. Goodbye.